actress Katherine Heigl, a passionate animal advocate who has saved over 16,000 dogs, says she's been seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. She believes there's a link between canine health and diet. After extensive research, she developed Superfood Complete, a dog food pack with over 30 wholesome ingredients, including superfoods beneficial for your furry friend. Superfood Complete isn't just about deliciousness, though dogs love the taste. It's about supporting overall well-being. In addition to providing a healthy option for your pet, Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, also supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue countless dogs and find them loving homes. Dogs across America are trying this food and loving it. Go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 today. I remember the first time I heard anything about suicide. I was much younger. I'd moved from the busy city of Nashville to West Tennessee in a town that had literally only about 1,200 people in it. Behind my house was around six miles of cornfields and ponds mixed with small patches of wooded areas. Even at a young age, I wasn't sure how I was going to take the change from city to country life. It was around 1990 when I moved there. The internet wasn't really even a thing yet. Most people didn't own a home computer. Cell phones were something that you only saw in the movies in huge cities like New York or L.A., and they looked like someone holding some sort of an electronic brick with an antenna. There was no social media, no Facebook or Twitter, no video chats, nothing to keep you connected like now. It was different back then, a lot different. The connections you made with people only happened in real life. Sure, you could talk on the phone, but that was either going to be done within earshot of the rest of your family or with a phone cord stretched into a different room so maybe they couldn't hear what you're talking about. And even then, you're likely talking about where and when you can hang out next with whoever you're talking to. For me, when I first moved there, I met other kids around my age while I was riding my bike around the area. This turned into us going fishing, wading in creeks, catching crawdads and snakes, and maybe midway through the day if you wanted something else to drink other than the hot water from the water hose outside a house, and you were lucky enough to have a few extra cents in your pocket, you could walk down to the only gas station in town and get a slushy or a Coke. I was doing all the normal things you would think boys do at that age, And because it was such a small town, you got to know just about everyone. You might not have been the best of friends with every other kid you knew, but you'd at least brush past with them from time to time while out on your adventures. In school, it was a lot of the same. Hanging out in the small hallways by your lockers with your friends, waiting and hoping that you were either packed a great lunch in your bag or that, fingers crossed very tightly, they'd have that rectangle pizza that somehow was both terrible and grand at the same time. In fact, thinking back, the only real pressures I knew about were going to be how to keep my scores high on the test and maybe the infrequent spat you'd have with another kid 
where the occasional punch or tin might be thrown. It was never anything serious, though. Life in general back then was pretty good. Because of all this I had mentioned, it was an absolute shock. A couple years later, when word started circulating around the school that a kid that we knew, who was just a year older than us, had died. Then it got around that he killed himself. Exact details were never confirmed by any official sources, but because of the small town aspect of things, people knew. If you haven't figured it out yet, from the lengthy intro I've done, today's episode is going to be on suicides. It's never an easy subject, and the types of suicides can vary as much as the people who are involved with them. Welcome back to Music City 911. Nine one one. What is the address of your? Hi, you need to get the police. Honey, you need to get the police. Just ran over and they said that the young boy just shot his mom. We've had the police here okay. before. Okay. Gunshots. Um, I, I don't even know what their last name is. It's African Americans. We've had the police out here before, and the mom had just had the boy, the cops out at Easter. So it's across the my address. Yes. I'm going to get my cordless phone, All right. okay? All right, hold, hold on. on, okay? Hold on. Florida, 314, okay. 313, oh. 345, signal 45. 48. Fuck. I knew this was going to happen, you guys. Okay. Okay. 10-4. Cheryl, 10-4-5, we got a 45-1 bright. Okay, ma'am? Yes, ma'am. Okay. He said that he shot his mother? I don't, it don't matter, Tim. Just go take it out. Or the kid said that the young, youngest kid shot his mom. Is he still there? Get out, get back. You're not coming in our house. Who's the there? The boy's in my front yard getting a towel. He's got blood on his right thigh. How old is he? I'm sorry, thank you. You reported to the 45. She advised that the son is outside her residence. He has blood on his right side. Advised that the youngest son, signal 45, the mother. Okay, is the guy who shot him there? He's going back to his house now. Is he the one that shot the mother? I don't know. I don't know. You don't know a lot? I don't know. Uh, anyway, I just heard the kid say he just shot our mom. I have no idea where his mom is. Eunice responding. I'm talking to the neighbor, and she advised that the son went back over to the residence. He just said that his brother shot his mother, and he went back to the, the residence. The mom? Hold, hold on now. My husband's getting a different story now. The mom shot the kids is now what they're telling. Now they're saying the mother this, shot this the kids? Yeah, this is confusing because we... Now they're saying that the mother shot the son, saying that the mother shot the son, complaining it doesn't know what's going on. Are you outside uh, the house? Huh? No, we're staying in the house. I'm not going out okay. there. Okay, who's telling you this who has to Here, hold on. Talk to the dispatcher. Hello? And they just, they tried to break in our front door to get in, I guess, to get away from her or whoever's got the gun. 
So I grabbed my gun and ran outside, and one's laying there bleeding right at our front door. He's bleeding at the front door. Is he still there? No, he he went back home. And he went back inside the residence? I guess. I don't know who has the gun, so I'm not walking out there. I'm armed, but I'm not going out there and put myself in danger. You know their address? Ten four. Provide to all units ten thirty three on Now there's more gunshots. Provide to all units. Call is advised he's hearing more gunshots. He's hearing more gunshots. Dylan, get over here away from the door. I don't care. Get away from the door. Well, they have five units, 51 to you. I cannot believe somebody's not here by now. I mean... Sir, I have two deputies out there already. They've been there for a minute. All right. All right, see ya. You done with me? No, sir. I want you to... You want me to what? I want you to stay on the phone with me. Here, the wife's on the phone. Oh, my God, she's still over there shooting, whoever's shooting. You still have another shot? Yes. There's like six. Okay, I have units out there. We can go ahead and disconnect. Just stay in the house, okay? I am. I'm not going out. All right, thank you. This first call was filled with nothing but confusion. It started out by the initial caller saying that a child had shot their mother. Then a mail caller got on saying that one of the children in the yard said he had been shot by his mother, then went back inside the house. The dispatcher obviously had a lot going on, both talking on the phone and the radio with officers that were en route to the house the shots were being fired from. It was hard to understand what was going on. Those callers were woke from their sleep at around 4.30 a.m. on May 15th of 2012 by several gunshots, then the banging at their door. I can easily see how there was a lot of confusion involved. At the end of the call, we could hear the officers were on the scene, but the dispatcher initially wanted the caller to stay on the line, I'm guessing, just in case they were able to give any other information to the officers or see something that they couldn't. Shortly after disconnecting and after officers had arrived on the scene, they wanted to know if the neighbor who had initially called had any further info and had dispatch call her back. people live in that house, do you know? There's four children four children and a mom. Four oh. children and a mother live in the house. Do you know how yeah. old the kids are? Oh God. One seventeen, fifteen, um probably fourteen and eleven. Okay, ranging in age from eleven to seventeen? Yeah. Sheriff's office was out there Easter day because the one boy kicked the windows out. You might have a record of who the mom is then and <laughs> Yeah. 
okay. I'm going to keep you on the line with me for a couple of minutes. Okay, I've got units 11 to 17. Mom's outside. Are they all boys, do you know? Or? No, there's two girls and two boys. Two girls and two boys. Yeah, there's a, the oldest is a girl, the next is a boy, the next, I think, is a girl, and the youngest is a boy, I think. Where are, they, are the cops coming yet? Oh, yeah. We've got a couple. We've got a helicopter coming. We've got all kinds of stuff. Helicopters coming? Yeah, and several units. Oh, my God, <laughs> Um, let me know if you hear or see anything additional. Oh, no, I'm going in the bathroom and hiding. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Just, I'll be letting you go shortly. I just want to see if they need any other information from you. Is anybody in the front though? You said the police were out there on no, Easter? No, I don't see a spotlight, but I'm, she's, the mom's outside now. She's the one with the gun. I don't you said the mother is outside now and she's the one with the gun? That's what, yeah. up a good perimeter. Just stay inside. Yes. I'm having problems with these guys ever since they moved in. There's been problems over there. Do you actually see a female right now with a gun? Is it a handgun or a rifle? I don't know what it is. Okay. Complainant does not know what type of gun. Do you know what kind of gun Sam dark out there and she was in that house when we first called. The two kids were in our front yard, one banging on the door, help us, help us. And then, like I said, there was so much confusion going on this morning, we couldn't tell who shot who. Right, I understand. And then when I was talking to you, then the one kid said his mom shot him. Okay. He said, she said they are setting up a perimeter. Is that your husband you're talking to? What else is God, more gunshots. You hear more gunshots? She yeah. hears more gunshots. More gunshots. How many? One. Oh my God. Okay, ma'am, I've got one, two, three, four, five. I have seven units right there. You heard another? Yes. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Now the kids are out there yelling. Where's the cops? Are they there? Okay. Yeah. I've got okay, several units. There. You see them? Yeah. One. Oh, my God. All right, man. If you actually see the... The kid has a gun? No, the cops are there. There's three or four cops out there now. Okay. All right, ma'am. Thank you so much for calling us in. I'm going to go ahead and let you go. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Later after that call, well after police had arrived on the scene, they asked dispatch to call the neighbor back and keep her on the line just in case she sees something they're not able to. I'm going to leave that call out because it's nearly 12 minutes long. There are no big updates that are given. And most of the call is silence as they wait. At the end of that call, though, the neighbor asks if she can disconnect to call her work and tell them she's likely either going to be late 
were not able to come in at all due to the police activity she's now remotely involved in. Once police got there, they tried their best to assess the situation. They still weren't sure of who shot who, if there were more than one victim, or where the person with the gun was. When they did arrive, they found one of the girls, 17-year-old Pebbles, laying in the front yard of the house, not moving. They pulled her out of the yard and into a police car, then took her to a nearby ambulance that was staging. Once inside the ambulance, medics pronounced her dead from three gunshot wounds. It's believed that after the children knocked on the neighbor's door and then started walking back towards their house, Pebbles collapsed in the front of the house, passing away from her injuries. A perimeter was set up around the house, and the SWAT team was called into action just in case an entry team was needed. A short time after SWAT had arrived and had the team formed at the back of the house, police found out who had the gun. The mother, 33-year-old Tanya Thomas, walked to the front door with a 38 caliber revolver in her hand. When she saw police, she turned around and went back inside the house. More gunshots were then heard. Just minutes after those last shots were heard, SWAT decided they were going to go in. Before they did, though, they heard another single gunshot. After making entry to the house, SWAT found three other children, 13-year-old Jaslyn, 15-year-old Jax, and 12-year-old Joel, all dead from gunshot wounds. Joel, the youngest, was shot five times from approximately two feet away. Another child was shot seven times. At least two of them had the revolver pressed directly against their chest when they were shot. Looking further into the house, SWAT then found the mother, Tanya, seated on the couch with a single gunshot wound to the head and the revolver still clutched in her hand. In total, the children were shot 18 times, which means with a six-shot revolver, the mother had to reload the gun multiple times. No one does or likely will know exactly why this all happened, but there was a lot of past history that probably led up to all this. During the calls from the neighbor and subsequent interviews from them or other neighbors, they had mentioned how the kids that lived there were pretty wild, always causing trouble. One neighbor noted that the children would always mess with people's pets and throw fireworks at them. Other times, they would shoot houses with BB guns and even threaten to set one house on fire. The 15-year-old boy, Jax, he was at the center of a lot of trouble, having police call to the house multiple occasions. The latest when he kicked and hit his mother several times after she tried to wake him up for school. He then threw a bicycle through one of their windows. He was arrested for domestic violence and ended up spending two days in a juvenile detention facility. I'm not at all blaming this on the children, though. Not at all. The mother had her own past that was filled with problems, some or all of which contributed to the behavior of her kids. When the children were young, her and the father of the children would fight pretty often. In 2000, the father was arrested for domestic violence. That charge was dismissed after a hearing. Another time in 2002, Tanya was arrested for getting in a fight with the father, which the charge was later dropped. There was also a 
lengthy history of abuse and negligence to Tanya when she was growing up. It also didn't help that she was drinking heavily that night. Autopsy reports noted that her blood alcohol level at the time of death was 0.16, twice the legal limit to drive in Florida. With her weight of 197 pounds, it was estimated she had approximately 10 drinks in her body. About an hour and a half before the shot started ringing out, Tanya had sent a text message to a friend saying she wanted to be cremated with her kids. Unfortunately, that friend didn't see the message due to being asleep and wouldn't read it until hours after the violence had already ended. A lifelong history of troubles can easily lead to mental illness, and combining that with excessive alcohol consumption was likely the cause of Tanya wanting to kill herself and her children. No actions by anyone makes us okay. Not her or her children. Even if the kids one or multiple of them were troublemakers. They didn't deserve to be involved in any way with their mother's suicidal plans. The last call I'll talk about, I was very hesitant to use the call or even talk about it. With the previous incident, as well as almost every other incident I've ever played on the show, there's usually a criminal element involved someone breaking the law in some way. They're usually victims as well. It's much easier to report on the wrongdoings of someone. This one's different. This one's an individual suicide that involved no one else. To my knowledge, no crime was committed against anyone else. This is also sort of close to home to me, being that the call originated with my agency and involves a local celebrity that's been greatly impacted by what happened. As far as I know, no other agency or media outlet has released this call. This will be the first time anyone has heard it publicly. Oh, my God. address of your Yes, I need your address. Need drugs. And that's all. Um, we think that somebody's shot okay. or something. That didn't get... Okay, did you say to Sneed Road? Yes. In West Nashville near Hobbs Road and Sea Terrace. What? Near Hobbs Road say? near Hobbs Road and Sea Terrace in West Nashville, is that correct? Yes, yes, that's it. Yes, what's you need your, to Okay, what's your yes. telephone number? Um Um We'll come back to that. What's yes. your name? We'll come back to that. What is your name? I'm Sherry Caldwell. So tell Please me what get happened. here. Please get here. Tell me what happened. We just see blood. And the door's closed. Coming out from under the door. Okay. One second. Stay with me, okay? Oh, God. Okay. Please hurry. the door. I don't know. I don't, we don't know. We don't know. We're scared to open it. Okay. We think we know. Okay. Please. Listen. Please listen. Okay, listen. I've got help on the way to 4102 Sneed Road in West Nashville. Oh, God. Hobbs Road in St. Harris. Is it a, is it a bedroom? Is it the door to the house or a bedroom? In bedroom door. Okay. okay. Who, who do you think it, whose husband? <laughs> Kelly Pickler. Okay. And we, uh, please hurry. Okay, stay on the phone with me. Okay, help is already on the way. They're on the way right now. Okay. Okay. So, how okay. do you know Kelly? Is she your family member? Yes. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, they're on the way. They're coming lights and sirens right now. Okay. Um, did, okay. Okay. Did, do you know what? Does she think what might have? Does she know what might have happened? No, well, we don't know. We don't know. And we're scared to open the door. Okay. Does he have a? Does he have a gun? Do you think he shot himself? Yes, he's got. I think. Yeah, he's got it going. Okay. Do you, do you have any way of getting in there so we can try to help stop his bleeding? Yeah. Yes, but let me do it. Oh, oh, I can stop this bleeding. Oh, my God. How old is Kelly's husband? Okay. If you okay. can, if you can, try to get somebody to help you get that door open. If not, we're we're still okay. on the way. We're coming out. Um, but see if you can get help from a neighbor or something so we can get that door open. Try to. Okay. 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 okay to stay. Uh, can you keep the? Can you put? That call was disconnected at that point. I decided to play this call because, just like every other very difficult call, as tragic and heartbreaking as they are. Sometimes that tragedy needs to be known, not for public interest or gossip, but for knowledge, education, and hopefully some prevention. On the dispatch end, a seasoned dispatcher, like the one who took this call, they will have calls where they can still hear the screams years after the call has been made. We'll have thousands of calls that we've dealt with, and a substantial amount of those calls will be extreme like this one. As I said on the show before, I've personally handled who knows how many calls where people found loved ones dead from natural causes, murders, and also from suicides. I've also had the unfortunate task of being on the phone with someone just moments before killing themselves, hearing their last words to anyone on earth, usually saying where to find their body, and to tell their family they love them, then hearing a gunshot or a splash in the background just before they shoot or drown themselves. It can affect dispatchers differently, some holding on and remembering those calls for the rest of their lives, some waking up in cold sweats in the middle of the night after having a dream about them, and others able to tuck those thoughts away but even those dispatchers will have lasting effects from the calls. But that still pales in comparison to what the family will have to deal with. They've lost a loved one. That's something that can't be fixed. Husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, children and close friends, they will all be impacted by something like this. It's not something that anyone can make themselves ready for, and it will continue to be remembered likely for the remainder of their lives. Kyle Jacobs was born in Bloomington, Minnesota on June 26, 1973. He began writing songs at a young age and eventually moved to Nashville to pursue a career in music. He wrote songs for many popular country artists, including Garth Brooks, Kenny Chesney, Tim McGraw, Trace Atkins, and Carrie Underwood. 
He also produced albums for several artists, including Kelly Pickler. Kyle Jacobs and Kelly Pickler met in 2008 and began dating shortly after. They were married in a private ceremony in January of 2011. They had their daughter, Kinsley, in 2014. While married, the couple starred in a CMT reality show called I Love Kelly Pickler. Kyle Jacobs' death was a shock to his family, friends, and fans. Kelly Pickler has spoken publicly about her grief and her struggles to cope with his death. Kyle Jacobs' death was a tragedy, but his legacy will live on through his music and his family. He was a talented songwriter and producer who touched the lives of many people. He will be deeply missed. If you know someone you believe may be having problems in their own life, don't hesitate to talk to them. Let them know that they are important. Let them know that someone does care. Help them get the help they need. And if you're ever having problems or feeling suicidal yourself, please don't be afraid or embarrassed to ask for help. There are a ton of resources out there for you. I'll list a few in the show's description, but the easiest to remember is the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. You can reach them by simply dialing 988. Don't wait until it's too late. That's all for this episode. To update on all the goings-on of the show, if you're not in the Facebook discussion group, which I highly suggest you joining, you didn't catch my post about one of the projects I've been spending hours and hours researching and learning about. Currently, my YouTube channel is some of my previous episodes put into an audiogram, which is sort of a video version of the podcast. I'm looking at taking that to a different level and have been looking at and upgrading equipment to help transition the YouTube channel into an even better version of the podcast with me on video talking about the cases and mixing it with pictures and videos about the incidents I'm talking about. I'll be the first to admit I'm a complete novice at this, but I'm trying my best to cram all this information in and get this ball rolling sooner than later. I'm still a ways off from being able to make this happen as I still have some more to learn, but be sure to stay tuned for that. If you haven't yet, look up the channel on YouTube and hit the subscribe button. You can easily find it by searching Music City 911. We're also about a month away from CrimeCon in Orlando. If you'd like to meet me and dozens of other true crime podcasters and haven't got your tickets yet, you better get on it. VIP and gold level tickets have already sold out and the general admission is all that's left. I'd love to see you all there in Orlando. Keep on with the five-star ratings and reviews on whatever podcast app you're listening on. And if you're not a member over at Patreon, you won't be able to hear the next bonus content that I'll be uploading here in the next couple days. Check out patreon.com slash musiccity911 to sign up. Until next time, for Music City 911, I'm Brandon, and y'all have a good one.